You're listening to Blazing Creative. We might seem obnoxious throughout this. With Megan Maydell and me, Steph Schertz Official. Well, that was confident. <laughs> A podcast and community for creative biz owners who are equal parts goofball and girl boss, who love to laugh as much as they launch, and who have guilty pleasures for good measure. I'm so glad you explained it from that sentence because you lost me there. Sit tight while Megan and I talk pop culture, entrepreneurship, and our favorite tools of the week. As long as I have more experience than you do, I can help you. Let's get started, shall we? Hey, Trailblazers. Do you ever feel like no matter how much you work, you never get everything done? Well, you're not alone. Later in the episode, I chat with Kaylin Asher about her three-day work week and finding clarity in your business, and we'll wrap things up with two of our favorite activities to create balance. But first, it's time to talk about Vicky's vacations in No, I Wasn't Watching TV All Day. Hey guys, just a quick note before we jump into the episode. Unfortunately, we had a little trouble with my audio for the first and last segment. So if it's driving you crazy, it's a little scratchy, go ahead and jump to Kaylin's interview, which sounds totally fine. And I apologize, I don't know what happened, but we will make sure it doesn't happen again. Okay, so we're gonna be talking later with Kaylin Asher, who somehow manages to have a three-day work week, even though she has a really impressive business. And it reminded me of, I think of this every time the OC Housewives go on one of these crazy vacations that seem to last roughly a week. I don't know how long. It's like a weird, uh, you know, black hole whenever they vacation because they spread it out over different episodes. But I feel like the fact that Vicky manages to go on all the vacations that she does and like meet people for lunch and like film this show while she's running a legit demanding, uh, really intensive business is kind of mind boggling to me. I mean, it must mean that she has her shit together, right? It must mean despite all evidence to the contrary on the show, like her, her personal life is never together, but I think her business life is very well managed. Okay. So here's the one thing that kind of drives me nuts though. And I was thinking about this, this thought popped into my head while they're, they've all been in Ireland for God only knows how long that she has no problem going to all of these dinners, filming this show, going to Ireland, all these trips that she's taking to Mexico, because she lo- we all know she loves going to Mexico. But when her daughter is at her house crying in pain post-surgery, she's like, gotta go to work, gotta go to work, gotta go to work. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> Are you kidding me? She has such weird priorities. And Brianna's like, I'm not even going to ask her to stay because I know she isn't. And I'm like, no, but if you asked her to go to fucking Ireland why you didn't feel good, she'd be all about it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. There is no one I feel more sorry for in all of the Housewives franchises than Brianna. Brianna. <laughs> I just feel like to have been raised by this woman and still turn out like a pretty normal human being is just beyond impressive. I mean, props to her. Like, she has managed to to stay sane. But you're so right. Like, what a bummer to know that your mom is prioritizing work over you. And then, what, like a month later, she goes overseas just because. 
When her argument's always like the paycheck, the paycheck, we have to pay for all these things. Like I'm giving you a good life afterwards. When she's the one who buys stuff for them and then says, okay, now you're paying me back. I bought you this house. Now you have to, you have to pay for it now. Like you're making the payment. Or like when she was 16, I bought you this very nice, what was it? Uh, you have to make the payment (laughs) yeah it's like uh wait i don't think you know how gifts work (laughs) i'm not saying anyone deserves a fully paid off car as a gift but it's still kind of i don't know it's it's still really strange i do not understand the way vicky works (laughs) i really don't i really really wonder what she's like when she's off camera because we obviously we never really get to see that but I do wonder how how much is she in the office? Because it does seem like a lot. She does seem like someone who enjoys working all hours. But and is very hands on. Yeah, super hands on. She's probably she's probably like a really frustrating boss because I I imagine she micromanages <laughs> like nobody's business. But like a boss, <laughs> yeah, like a mean boss. Uh, but like how, what is her work-life balance when she's not filming is what I want to (laughs) know. Probably non-existent. (laughs) It probably, I think you're probably right. Like, I think she probably has these like seasons where it's like, okay, I'm not filming now. So I am legit going to work round the clock. And then when I have to start filming, like you guys can take back over certain things. Probably. I could see that. But I mean, she still manages to get it all in, so. Yeah, I don't think it's healthy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe that's debatable. (laughs) It works for her. It doesn't maybe work for her new cop boyfriend, who's kind of cute, and her children or grandchildren, but (laughs) does she care? I don't think so. I really hope it works out between her and the cop. I feel like that is exactly, I feel like she needs a cop in her life. I feel like she needs anyone who isn't Brooks, has a stable job, (laughs) has a good relationship with his family. Anyone who checks those things off would be good. (laughs) No kidding. Is he, wait, is he retired or is he still working? The cop dude? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know if they called it out. I also wonder, like, what she's like then at the beginning of a relationship. Because you know how when you're you're first dating somebody, you definitely need to spend more time with them? I wonder what the work conflict is like with that. Like, does she just, like, is she like, nope, sorry, we can't hang out until next week because I'm working? She's so needy. I find it hard to imagine. She is pr- Maybe she prioritizes him and then work and then her kids. <laughs> <laughs> Her poor kids. <laughs> but I love how Michael just doesn't give a shit. Michael would rather just not have anything to do with any of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael probably sees enough of her at the office. See, that I think is the tricky part, is that he works with her. So he's probably like, oh my God, I have had enough of you. Please go he away. He is my favorite, though. The episode whenever she was asked to do the kill all cancer and he pretty much called her out and he goes, no, you it's pretty much she had called up, caught up in a cancer scheme. And the only person who believes that he had cancer is her. Yeah. And <laughs> I then, was like, yes, yes. And then speaking of, she had to uh, shut down the charity because of naysayers. Like, first of all, that was a, that was not a real charity to begin with. You were just selling insurance to people in the event that they get cancer, which is uh, kind of scummy. And then you shut it down because of naysayers? Like, Vicky, oh, get, 
Get your shit together. Well, if you're shutting it down over naysayers, then were you doing it for the right reason in the first place? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. If it's that easy not. to shut down, no. <laughs> Although, when has Vicky ever done anything for the right reasons, I feel? I don't know. I'm just waiting to see how bad she gets screamed at on this bus in there with her night vision cameras. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. And I cannot wait for the reunion. I saw like behind the scenes footage that they just filmed it recently. And I am so excited for this reunion. Oh, it's going to be a shit show. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) I love it when you, when one of these seasons, whichever location, like really, really knocks it out of the park drama wise. Because it's just, it's enjoyable all the way through, and then you just can't wait for the reunion, because then it's even better. I heard Kelly isn't going to be on next season. Like, it's already been decided. So, Megan's definitely not coming back. Like, that's been... Thank God. Thank God. That's been publicized. (laughs) I'm surprised that you're, uh, you love Jimmy, because he's a cardinal, right? Yes, but Megan drives me insane, especially on this Ireland trip. Okay, you can't be bothered to go to this weird-ass farm where they're going to do these stupid scenes filming, like, milking cows, and then you just show up. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not, I've not been her fan this season. And it's like, it's like she's the only person on the planet to have ever gotten pregnant. <laughs> she's the only person doing it. That's it. <laughs> I will say, she has been, like, scary boring on the Ireland trip. It's like, wait. This was your trip, and you are doing the absolute most boring things you possibly could do. It's super weird. Um, But she's for sure not coming back. There's rumors that Heather has become too much of a pain to production, and that, like, they maybe don't want her back. And when they showed the the layout of where people are sitting, someone got, like, a behind-the-scenes photo of that. Heather's on the end of the couch, which is not a good sign. Oh. Um, so I don't know. I, this is ridiculous that we're like, she's on the end of the couch. (laughs) This is like, Hey, this is like any sort of sports analysis. This is the same thing that they do. Uh, but yeah, but the funny thing is, is that like, of course, Vicky is right next to Andy because Vicky, Vicky will never go off this show. I don't know. I thought the same thing about Nini. She dipped out. But that's, no, but that's because Nini got other, like, things to do. Do you really think Nini left on her own? I don't think any of these bitches leaves on their own. I don't think they leave on their own, but I think that it's because they have other opportunities that their egos get too big. Like, I think that's what's happening with Heather. Like, Heather has a book. She has two podcasts. She has the after show of Terry's show. And so I think, like, it's a result of you have other opportunities so your head gets too big and then you're too hard to deal with. I don't feel like Vicky's never going to like be in a, be like a guest star on a TV show or like, I will say that I feel like she's very focused on what her career goals are and she doesn't like, she dabbles in other things, but like she knows what she's good at. She definitely is honed in on her zone of genius. And it's somehow really figured has. out to be able to exploit that and still do all this other shit at the same time, like a boss. <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty impressive. I, there's Generally, I would never say there's anything we can learn from Vicky, but in this area, she definitely, she definitely knows what she's doing. All right, I am so excited to welcome Kaylin Asher to the podcast today to talk about some 
really fun, really practical stuff that we all need. Thanks so much for being here, Kaylin. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So why don't you start by telling our audience a little bit about your background and then what it is you currently do? Sure, of course. So I have been a serial entrepreneur for almost a decade now, and it took me a really long time of self-discovery and trying things that did not work to really land on what my perfect for me, business was. And I realized that all that time I was so hungry for clarity in that process. Like if someone could just help me figure out what I'm supposed to be doing on this planet, it would have been so very helpful. And in that moment when I was kind of hitting that wall of not knowing, I realized that so many other entrepreneurs are in the same boat. So many people I talk to have been on this journey evolving from one business to the next. And that has what is what has led me into what I'm doing now. And I work as a clarity coach for women entrepreneurs who are really desiring to create a life that they absolutely love while building a business that they adore and figuring out how to put the very best of them into what they're offering the world. I love that. And you're so right. I think that that's an experience that so many of us go through trying to figure out, okay, I like maybe there's a certain work style I like, but I don't know what to do and, and figuring all of that out. So I love that. Um, so we're going to, I think we're going to touch base on the clarity stuff a little bit later, but I also want to touch on your three day work week concept, because this I think is going to appeal to everybody. We all wish we could have the efficiency to do that. Right. So talk a little bit about how this idea came up and, and what it looks like. Sure. That's a great question. Uh, I love talking about this topic because for so long I subscribed to the belief that you had to work really, really hard and really, really long hours in order to be successful. And I always had this piece of me that was so resistant to it. And so because of that, I felt that I would never be successful because I wasn't working 60 or 80 hours. I mean, I was putting in a full work week on my business, but I didn't want to work weekends and late into the night and early every morning. And after the birth of my daughter, I took some time off from my business. And when I came back to working, I had a lot of, again, to use that word clarity about what I was really desiring. And I realized that I wanted to build a life, not just a business. I had this new little person, my husband and I were starting in this new chapter. And I realized how important it was for me to kind of set my parameters and my boundaries up front. And so I said, I'm going to be working three days a week. I'll work Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I'm going to have four day weekends with my daughter. So I'm still a very real presence and a real, you know, stay at home mom kind of figure for her. And we'll see where this goes. <laughs> it was it was very much an experiment at first. But I think there was such power in making that decision, instead of just doing what everyone else was doing and doing what everyone else had been telling me, you know, different mentors that I was following and people in the business world talking about, you know, how they had to work and hustle and effort and push and all this stuff that just didn't feel good. And when I finally defined what it was that I was looking for and said, okay, I'm going to be working these three days and not crazy hours. Those three days, I worked like nine to five <laughs> on those three days. It was the starting place of this amazing journey. And now I, it's a huge element that I bring into my coaching with the women that I work with to help them define, and it doesn't have to be three days, you know, we, it, whatever feels right for you, but to define what your ideal week, work week looks like, and to create a business 
that fits into your life and not trying to create, you know, just let the business take over your life while you're trying to reach success. I'm doing that with air quotes, whatever that means (laughs) for you. (laughs) Definitely. So what did that transition look like for you? Like when you made the decision that you were only going to work three days a week, but then actually putting that into practice with your clients, with all of that, what, what were the biggest struggles during that time? Yeah, well, I was so used to doing everything myself in my business. <laughs> and and it was manageable before having my daughter. But then I realized if I really want to be the efficient person that I've always pride, like, had pride in being, I need to redefine what this looks like. So that meant getting support. And it started with finding someone well, actually people who could help me with my daughter on those three days, because I knew there was no way I was going to be able to have three solid days of work if I didn't have someone helping me with my daughter. So I actually started there. I started with um, support in the way of childcare. And then I invested in hiring my first VA, which had I known how liberating it would be and how cost effective, because it frees up so much of your time to focus on bigger money-making things in your business. I would have done it so much longer ago. <laughs> but again, I had this storyline that, you know, you had to reach a certain level before you had a VA or things like that. And so so that was the first step. That was getting the support I needed in order to make this a feasible transition for myself. And then from there, it was getting my schedule in alignment so I could still do all the things I needed to do. So I coach on a bi-weekly basis. So every two weeks, I'm meeting with my clients, and I also coach um, for four months at a time, and I enroll all of those people at the same time. So I'm coaching for four months, then I take a few months off, I coach for another four months, I take a few months off. So I'm, it's very predictable, and I know that during those coaching times, I have every other week available for creative pursuits, for doing things like this, interviews, um, for getting things done in my business and also working on expanding my business. And then I also have those break periods between those rounds of coaching where I'm able to really dive in heavily into content creation mode and develop more self-study programs for my community and, and work on those bigger picture things. Yeah. I love the, um, in, in your worksheet, when you sign up for your newsletter, that's about this, you talk about the A week and the B week. And I love this concept. And actually Megan, who also does coaching, um, has just started change, changing to this because she loves the idea. Can you talk a little bit about why you prefer to separate that by weeks as opposed to say, I only coach in the mornings and then I work on the business in the afternoon? What, what's the benefit of separating it by weeks like that? Well, for me, and again, this would probably be a personal choice if you can, you know, divide your day like before lunch and after lunch and that feels good for you, um, that could work. But I liked the idea of totally diving into my coaching because there's a certain kind of energy that you need for that and you kind of get into your zone (laughs) when you're with people. And if you're ping-ponging between coaching and then other activities, you just, every time you shift, you lose momentum. Um, and that's actually a proven thing. <laughs> it's not something yes. I'm just making. It's actually a proven fact that every time you shift, I think you lose like 20% of your productivity. Yeah. And so that was a piece of it. And I also just visually thinking about my calendar, because I'm a very visual person, <laughs> I liked knowing like this is a coaching week. It's all packaged together. It's neat and clean. And then this is an 
open week. And that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not doing anything, but it means I get to fill it with other activities and not be on the phone with people. It's kind of <laughs> nice to have a break from that, you know, because I am working usually with eight, nine, maybe 10 women at a time. So those three days are pretty filled. Um, it's nice to give my voice a rest, give my my coaching head a rest and, and dive into other things that um, are maybe a little bit more creative um, and things that are perhaps more personally fulfilling in some ways um, instead of giving so much energy out. So I, I find for me that works really well. Um, I would, but either way, I would suggest figuring out a delineation where you have some boundaries around it, that your coaching clients aren't just sporadically peppered throughout your schedule. And also too, and this is something you probably would consider anyway, but if you are working with clients on a consistent basis, give them the same day and time every time you're meeting with them. So <laughs> you don't have to spend any time scheduling during your current session for the next session. You know that a week from now, two weeks from now, whatever your, you know, your layout is, exactly when you'll be meeting together and you can carve out time in your calendar and so can they and block it out from the get-go. I love that. And I, I'm wondering, are there some other tips that you would advise somebody who's trying to, who thinks to themselves, but I'm working all day, every day. How could I possibly cut back to only three days a week? Where do you start when you're looking at what it is you're working on and you're trying to you know, rework this schedule? Well, I think, first of all, from a place of play and fun, it is really helpful to visualize what your ideal work week would even look like. Would it be a three-day work week? Would it be a five-day work week? There's no right or wrong here. Um, depending on where you are in your life and your business, different things make sense at different times. And just because the three-day work week works for me doesn't mean that's what you have to do. Maybe it's just having Friday afternoons off so your weekends extended a little bit. And that's actually a great place to start. I really do recommend that if you're looking to cut back your time to end your workday on Friday at your lunch break and, and start easing into that, um, you know, working a little bit less <laughs> um, that way. Uh, I think another thing that is important to, to look at is what don't you enjoy doing that you do on a pretty consistent basis? So <laughs> if you really hate, you know, you love writing your newsletter or your emails, but you hate scheduling them, like how much time does that really take? I mean, if you look at how often you're doing it, it might only be an hour, but if you could capture that hour and put it towards something else or go to a yoga class or whatever it is for you um, and pay somebody 20, 25 bucks to do that, it would be so worth it. Or maybe you'd be able to fill, free up enough time that you could fill it with one more client and also capture a little time back for something you personally want to do. So it's looking to make those subtle shifts. It's not about going from working you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week down to 20. That's just not a realistic thing. But you know, seeing where you can save two, three, five, ten 10 hours um, and how you can be that much more efficient. Because a lot of our, we tend to just expand into whatever time <laughs> we have available. It's like, I'm sure you've seen this. If you've ever moved to a bigger place, 
It's suddenly filled with stuff. (laughs) You're like, I didn't have all this stuff when I lived in a place half this size. Where did it come from? We expand to whatever is available to us. And so you really need to start thinking about creating space for what you desire. And if that's more space to do personally fulfilling activities and self-care, then where can you find that space? If it's more space to work on maybe more income producing activities, you know, working with those clients, really planting the seeds for money in your business instead of the busy work administrative stuff. You have to think about how to create space for that. And it might be it's time to step out and get outsource some things or get some support in that way. I love that. And I actually just bought a house. So that is like my (laughs) husband's biggest fear that we're going to fill all the empty spaces with stuff. (laughs) So I want to shift gears a little bit and go back to the idea of the clarity coaching that you do and, and what goes into that process and, and what it sort of looked like for you. So first off, like what was that experience like for you and what made you realize, oh, this is the thing that I want to be doing? Yeah, well, for, like I said, for a long time, I was, <laughs> I was searching for what I wanted to do. I, I did interior design for a while. I did freelance writing. I worked in social media marketing. I wrote a blog. I taught yoga. <laughs> and I realized that when I really looked at it, there were a few common themes. I love the idea of building my own business, of having something of my own that was helping other people. And another theme that kept coming through was creating a life that you really love, designing a life of purpose that feels amazing for you and also benefits others. And so when I saw those pieces, I I realized that if I could help other women channel what they love to do into something that's helpful to others and of service to others while feeling like they're creating a life that is amazing. Like what a gift that would be and how much fun what I have doing it. I've always loved talking about business ideas. Obviously I've had a lot of business (laughs) ideas of my own. (laughs) And so when I, I realized that that was the space I wanted to be and I realized that coaching felt like the right fit at this time, that's when things really shifted for me. Um, I, I knew for a long time I wanted to be in the online space, have an online business, um, be an entrepreneur in that way. I was, I was fascinated with the blog world, you know, like 10 years ago when I started blogging <laughs> and, and thinking about how to create this global brand um, from sitting at your laptop and be location independent and create your own your own business and define your your lifestyle in a way that feels really good for you. So I knew those components had to be in it. And then finally, and I guess it was the spring of 2015, I, I was writing an email to my husband sort of complaining, just like, oh, if I just <laughs> had clarity about this business stuff, I could just move forward instead of being stuck in this place of indecision and constantly landing on these businesses that weren't quite right. And that was honestly an aha moment. Somehow the word clarity and business together, I was just like, that is what I need. That's what I've been searching for. That's what I can offer people. I mean, I've always been told that I offer like really just logical, clear advice and something that I never thought much of, which is like, oh, it's something I do. Right, right. It's who I am. Yeah. Even while I was kind of spiraling through these other businesses, I was having entrepreneurs come to me and say, Hey, what about this blogging stuff? Or what about email marketing? Or, you know, how do you use this um, to its you know best advantage? 
And, and I realized there was a way for all of this to come together in, in a package that really helped others. And so I moved into the coaching space. I got my first client a, in August of 2015. And I did a lot of personal development during that time. I got my own coach that I was working with and things took off. It was remarkable. It was, um, you know how they say like, oh, if you find your, your perfect positioning and your niche and you're doing something you really love, it just happens. And I kept <laughs> waiting for that. I kept yes. waiting for that clarity of that to happen. And, and it does happen like that. And now I'm in such a beautiful place where I get to work with women and facilitate that happening for them. And so uh, pretty quickly, I went from in the fall of 2015, I was I was making like nicely consistent money, but kind of like always, always looking for clients, always trying to figure it out and, and making more money than I ever had before, but it still didn't feel sustainable. Mm -hmm. And then um, in working with my own coach, I came with, up with a, um, a plan, a vision for, for this year, for 2016. And in February of 2016, it was my first five-figure month, which was remarkable. Nice. That um, that felt like, you know, it just it blew me away and and catapulted me to a new level in my own belief in myself. And and since then, things have just been expanding. And I crossed the six-figure mark this month, um, which we're talking in October. I'm not sure when this will be live, yeah. <laughs> but it was um it was really an awesome journey. And I've come to realize the importance that mindset goes into it. So that's a piece of the coaching that I always, always build in with my clients. Once we figure out what the vision is, okay, we know where we're heading. Let's get your mindset in alignment with that. So you believe that you can actually get there. That was a huge piece for me. I didn't, in my previous businesses, I didn't really believe they would be successful. And of course they weren't. (laughs) And, um, and then the final piece, of course, is having a clear plan of action, actual steps to take to move you forward in a strategic way so that you are increasing momentum and really feeling the shift from probably a place of kind of feeling stuck to really in the flow of things and making things happen for yourself. What a great story. I mean, that's what's so interesting as we interview people to hear. I would have I would have guessed that you'd been coaching for much longer because of how much I love your work and and the success that you've seen. So yeah. I I love the idea of finding that thing and then and then things move really quickly. So when you have a client that comes to you and has the experience that you had before you found your thing where it's like, I'm starting all this different stuff. Everything's sort of different from the last thing. And I just can't find it. Where do you start with someone like that? Yeah, I think a great place to start is with that vision. And so often, I think it's almost more important to talk about what you envision your life to be than what you envision your business to be. Because again, we're creating a life with these businesses. We're not trying to fit ourselves into some pre-formatted business out there. Right. So when you define what that looks like, if it's, if it's traveling a lot, then we know you need a location independent business. If it's feeling really rooted and anchored, then maybe focusing more on local clients or um, local customers or some kind of local presence makes more sense. Some people have really big ideas. They want to, you know, be on track for seven figures, international bestsellers speaking on stages across the world. 
other people just want to have a comfy, cozy life with their family and, you know, be making enough to pay the bills and, and feel really comfortable. And that's beautiful. I mean, we all have our own version of success. And so defining what that is for yourself is an important step in the process. Then we look at their strengths. What are the things that they do better than anybody else? And sometimes we don't always recognize this in ourselves. <laughs> so I have some processes that we move through to kind of mine that out of them and to also connect with others who can give us some insight about that. We look at what they love doing, um, what they do best, and and how it could, and then play. And how could this come together into something that that feels really good for you, that works really well for other people, um, and and allows you to live that life or start living that life that you've been envisioning. I love that. Do you find that your clients have something in mind that they want to do and they're just too afraid to pursue it? Or they realize that they'd be good at something that they hadn't even considered? Most of the time they have they have an idea. Most of the time deep down we know and we're just getting in our own way. Um, for me, I was um, prior to being a clarity coach for women entrepreneurs in general, I, w- I was doing coaching um, in a different capacity specifically for yoga entrepreneurs because mm. I was a yoga teacher. Right. <laughs> and, and so that, that was working, but it wasn't working great and it felt really out of alignment for me. Um, and so sometimes it's taking something like that, like taking the pieces that are working. And I realize now I had this really big fear of taking myself out of this niche that I had carved out for myself. Honestly, at the time, there was me and about two other people serving <laughs> that market. There's, right. a lot more, there's a lot more now, but it was really small. And I, I knew them and we supported one another, um, but it just wasn't sitting right anymore. And I'm like, I really am feeling called to work with women with all different I mean, mostly online service-based businesses in a bigger capacity, but it felt like such a saturated market that yeah. I was scared to step into it. Mm-hmm. And so there's that fear piece that you were <laughs> mentioning. And a lot of times that's precisely what it is. It's one of those mindset blocks. It comes in, it's like, who am I to think I could possibly make a name for myself in this space and and become anything when it's so saturated? And And sometimes there is validity in that, which just means that we need to really figure out our clear positioning. And for me, as I've come into it, people really are resonating with the word clarity. So (laughs) I'm starting to get identified with that. They love the three-day work week and talking about the milestones that I'm hitting, you know, this five-figure months, now the six-figure year, and seeing that all of that can come together in a really easeful, enjoyable way. Um, and that tends to be the women that I draw in. They're not like these, they're very ambitious, but they're not looking to let their business take over their life. Right. I love that. And so when you are working with someone who is struggling with a fear or resistance or something that is very mindset related, what sort of tips do you have for someone to shift that mindset? Yeah. So the first step is always awareness. I mean, just noticing when those limiting thoughts come up or those negative thoughts come up, that's the first step because it creates some distance. There's a buffer zone there. It's like, 
okay, there's me thinking the thought and then there's me (laughs) realizing I'm thinking the thought. And so that honestly is the first step. It can be really hard to move anywhere if you're just mad at yourself for thinking negative things. (laughs) You just kind of notice and, and then explore from there. That's really helpful. I think having some things that ground you and discovering what those practices are for me, it's, um, quiet meditation in the morning. And, and this isn't sitting for a super long time. It's, you know, sitting for maybe 10 minutes and, and having maybe something to anchor me like a, a mantra or an affirmation that um, makes me feel really good or, or focusing on a visualization that is, is feeling appropriate at the time. That feels really nice. I love waking up early. So I tend to do that um, before my daughter wakes up, before my husband <laughs> wakes up, before the world gets busy. Yeah. I, I do practice yoga pretty regularly. Um, I, I do a home practice. Uh, so those those simple things are just a really nice way to take care of myself before the day starts. I think a lot of us dive headlong into our responsibilities and start doing everything for everyone else. <laughs> and it's really easy to allow ourselves to get wrapped up in the drama of our daily lives. And But if we set in place sort of a baseline, that can be really really helpful. Another piece that um, I continue to work on is celebrating the wins, big and small, because often by the time a win actually manifests, it feels kind of normal. (laughs) You know, we have this goal and we're working towards it and we're doing all these things and then we actually achieve it. And we're like, well, of course I did all these things. This is just normal. What's the next thing? Like, what's the next fun thing I can focus on? And we totally gloss over this amazing, or this thing that we thought was going to feel amazing that now just feels kind of normal. And to, to take those moments to pause and, you know, do something like open a bottle of champagne, like give your husband a hug, (laughs) do get your nails done, do something (laughs) to celebrate the milestones every step of the way, because that's the only way you're going to program yourself to achieve more of them (laughs) and to be in alignment for more good things to come is if you acknowledge and express some gratitude for the good stuff that's already showing up. I love that. And that perspective is so true that when you've been working towards something for so long, it just seems normal. I, I That's so insightful, as has all of the stuff you've said, Ben. Mm-hmm. And I just really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about the three-day work week and about clarity, because I think this is all such great information for our audience. So it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on. Where can people find more information about you? Sure, of course. Yeah, my online hub is kaylinasher.com. That's C-A-I-L-E-N-A-S-C-H-E-R.com. And um, right now, the three-day work week guide that we've been talking about um, today is right there on the homepage. Really easy to find. You can sign up for it if it's something that, um, that sounds interesting, something you want to explore for yourself. Absolutely. And I can say firsthand, I've downloaded it. I love it. So I highly recommend that. Thanks again for coming on. Oh, thanks, Steph. Okay, so in honor of a three day work week, and essentially having your shit together. (laughs) My favorite thing to do around this, and this actually isn't my idea, someone else brought it up, Jenny Krause brought it up inside of my Facebook group, I think she was talking about it, and she said something about how she only takes calls every other week, 
And then it's really, it's helped her be more productive to see those weeks that whenever she gets started, she has no client calls inside of them, which I think, um, genius. So let me in on that action. So I started setting my calendar up to only take calls uh, every other week. And it has been amazing for my productivity because just beforehand, you know, with Cindy, my business manager, she'd be looking at my calendar and it would be, um, so you have 50 calls this week and three hours so you can actually get your own work done <laughs> and 40 yeah. hours of work to do. So <laughs> where do you want me to put this stuff? Yeah, I love that. It's such a small thing, but it's such a smart move. And actually, um, I downloaded, I, I, when I signed up for Kaylin, our guest newsletter, um, her freebie is the layout of how she does this, um, because she does a similar thing where she takes client calls on her A week and then B week that focuses on like content creation. And it is, it's such a great idea to just know that you don't have any of those appointments for the whole week. It's been wonderful because I only take clients Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it's nice going into the next week and seeing Monday through Friday, which is yeah. like time to get work done. Yeah. <laughs> Have any, were any of your clients resistant to the every other week or did this fit in with how you run it anyway? Um, I have had some clients, especially when it comes to like the done for you growth strategy and marketing plan, because it is reliant on calls then when your stuff gets done. Yeah. So I have had clients be like, oh, well, I want to just be able to give it with you next week so we could just knock it out. And that's not always viable. But since now I've had to start putting people on this, that was so douchey of me. But now I've had to start putting people in like wait lists <laughs> because it's getting too busy for those. It hasn't been as big of a deal because it's I can set them up on a week that I know. I'll be taking calls and then the next week is when they'll get their stuff due to them. And then the next week, which will be a call week is when they can schedule their next call. So I can control how I'm staggering them a little bit better. So I don't think after that point, it'll be that big of a deal anymore. Nice. Well, good for you. I think that's awesome. Uh, my resources is a habit really. And, um, it's something that I don't know how it's going to work over the winter. Not going to lie. It's the trouble with living in the Midwest. <laughs> but I've been trying to, as many days of the week as possible, get a morning walk in. Um, luckily, I'm, I'm pretty close to the lake here in Milwaukee. And so I just like head out of my apartment in the morning. I get about an hour of walking in. And it's just like I listen to either music or a podcast. And it's just really really peaceful and relaxing and I feel like it's such a good tone to start the day on because you've you've got a little like movement in you've released some endorsement endorsements <laughs> uh-huh uh, tell me more about those endorsements you're doing while you walk around Milwaukee just filming a commercial for the sneakers I wear um you've released Sketchers. released some endorphins and uh and right now it's super pretty too because it's all the fall colors. So like I said, check back with me in the winter and we'll see how that's holding up. But right now I'm really loving that. How cold is it where you are right now? It's not bad. I mean, it's it changes so much from day to day. Like it was 74 the other day and it, then 55 the next. So it's it really varies right now. I'll check back in with you in a yeah. couple weeks. Whenever you tell me you went outside in a parka, gloves and a hat. <laughs> 
See, luckily, uh, when you're walking, you get pretty warm. So I feel like that helps a little bit. But I'm not, you're like cold the minute you walk out, but you just, it, it motivates you to walk faster. Honestly, that's whenever I become just a massive chicken. And I'm like, nope, turn it around. <laughs> Back inside. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll touch base about it later and uh, we'll see if I've just like totally gone hermit. A big thank you to Kaylin Asher for sharing her story and her advice for simplifying your work week and getting clarity in your work. Head over to blazingcreative.com to get show notes for this episode with links to all the resources we've mentioned today. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps spread the word about Blazing Creative so that Megan and I can help more bosses like you. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next week.